When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson, a big play downfield! Allen, tripped up! He could not get past Jermaine Johnson! Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall! He's done it again! Brees Lightning! 62 yards for the touchdown! And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams! What a beast! Number 95 for the Jets! Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring back our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Gus Toon asks, who is going to start at free safety? I think it's going to be Tony Adams, at least based on who they have right now. But I'm sure somebody could jump into the mix. Look, Jarek Bernard Converse was a pretty good safety at Oklahoma State before they converted him to corner. As the Jets said, he's going to get an opportunity at safety. Maybe he surprises some people. You never know. They could go out and sign somebody like John Johnson, or if somebody else gets cut, there could be a player that emerges at training camp. But as of now, I would think the front runner is probably Tony Adams. Yeah, yeah, always great to hear from Gus, and I, I agree. It's, I think it's Tony Adams. As I said, he's, uh, he's a guy who I think they're a lot higher on than folks realize. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He asks, so far I would say it's probably safe to assume that Wilson, Lazard, Hardman, and Cobb wind up on the roster. How many wide receivers do you think will be on the roster and who will they be? Will Davis be a cap casualty? Who do you think will be a surprise cut at any particular position? So I think what happens with Corey Davis really depends. Does a team get desperate, need a wide receiver, and they're willing to trade a draft pick for him? Are the Jets willing to go pursue somebody like DeAndre Hopkins? Other than that, maybe they just keep Corey Davis at this point. He's a useful player. No reason to get rid of him if you don't have to for nothing, unless they're up against a really bad cap crunch, and to the best of my knowledge, they're not. Now, again, if they make a bigger move like DeAndre Hopkins, which is something I would do, then yeah, you get rid of Corey Davis. Or if a team comes calling with a draft pick much higher than you anticipated, sure, go ahead, deal Corey Davis and start recouping picks to help make up for the loss of what you gave up for Aaron Rodgers. But other than that, I think he would stay. I'd say it's probably above 50% that Corey Davis stays at this point, just based on looking around the league and all of that. As far as which receivers make it onto the team, I'd say the four that you mentioned are pretty likely. The only one of those four that may not make it if there's an extreme circumstance is Cobb, but I would say odds are extremely strong he stays. The only way that would happen is if some young kid came out of nowhere and just went crazy. 
listen, Denzel Mims will get one final chance this summer to try and show something. Unfortunately, it hasn't gone well for him so far. And if I were a betting man, I'd say he probably doesn't make the roster. But he's going to have an opportunity. And there are going to be some of these other young kids that we've seen in the past. Tarek Black and guys like that that I'm sure will be in camp that will get a chance. But if we're saying most likely at this point... The most likely five guys that make the roster are probably the ones that you listed and Corey Davis. And if they take a sixth guy, maybe it's Mims or somebody that we're not thinking of, an undrafted free agent or something like that. Glenn, I know you like Brownlee and Gibson, so maybe one of those guys surprises at training camp. It's happened before. Look what happened with Robbie Anderson. You never know. So it's possible that one of those guys gets in there and does something. But the four that you mentioned, I would say, are a pretty safe bet. Corey Davis, I would say above 50%, unless they're able to get one of the big fish or somebody comes calling with a draft pick or something else crops up where they're able to get a player they weren't expecting to get need to instantly clear cap space. And then beyond that, if there's a sixth receiver, it's going to be down to Mims and some of these younger kids who will fight it out. But I wouldn't guarantee there's going to be six receivers. Yeah, that's the, that's the question is how many do they carry, right? Because if you look at the group they have now, there's really no special teams guys on there. Um, and Cobb, even though he only got $3 million, it's $3 million fully guaranteed from what I understand. So I'd be surprised if they let him go after doing that. But I would like to see a younger, faster, you know, somebody who brings more to the table. Um, I'd like to see someone find a way to stick. And that's why I look at a guy like Gibson, who can be a return man. Uh, Brownlee, I'm not sure about his his special teams ability, but he's got he does a great job of elevating, high pointing the ball, catching, you know, uh, hanging on to contested catches, which you don't see a lot of from Denzel Mims. And and I, I mean, I think we've all been saying for a while that Denzel Mims is kind of hanging on by a thread this this preseason and he's really got to do something to keep his spot. And if if they end up dumping him and you keep a guy like Brownlee, how many guys do you keep? Because as I said, right now, none of the veterans on the, on the roster or none of the veteran receivers are really core special teams guys. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next series of questions comes in from Michael Christopher. Michael will ask like four or five rapid fires. So we'll do them one by one. First one, if Jets players hate Zach Wilson so much, why are the Jets going to keep him? Well, first of all, his salary is guaranteed, so no point in getting rid of him if you can't get anything. And second of all, he's still young. Might as well see if you can work it out and get something out of him. And look, last season, maybe it'll be a learning experience. Maybe he matures under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers. And players will see that. If they see an honest effort from Zach Wilson to change, to be better, to work harder, then they'll forgive him and they'll move on. That's how this works. So that's the reason that they're keeping Zach Wilson. I wouldn't worry about the locker room not liking him because that can change as long as Zach Wilson shows that he's willing to do the right things, to do whatever he has to do to try and help the team going forward. Yeah, especially if he, you know, the big thing with him, I think, is going to be accountability. Yeah, obviously, that was an issue with him last year. And as you said, he's a young kid. I think hate might be a little strong of a word. I think guys are probably a little annoyed with the way he carried himself. And as you said, Scott, if he shows up and does the work, you know, he's he's, you know, side by side with them. on the practice field in the locker room every day and he's doing the right things and he starts you know if when he gets his chance again he plays well and guys are guys are winning games and and catching the football no one's gonna you know no one's gonna have any animosity towards Zach Wilson he was just in that in that that sort of perfect storm where you're playing poorly and on top of that you're you're not willing to acknowledge it and that nothing is going to irk your teammates more than you not taking accountability especially as the quarterback and leader of the team.
Next question from Michael. Who would you have taken in the second round? Honestly, I probably would have taken Joe Tipman. I think if you look at who was available at the time, he was probably the best player on the board. He certainly fills a need. Even with Connor McGovern here, we've seen all the injuries on the offensive line, and there's no reason why Tipman can't win the starting job to begin with anyway. And thinking about it more and more, Tipman and John Michael Schmitz were really a toss-up, but I think what gave the edge to Joe Tipman is that he's just a much better fit in the zone blocking scheme. He's a significantly better athlete than John Michael Schmitz, so I think that really gave him an edge. Both guys can play center or guard. Both, I think, have a chance to be really good players, but Tipman, to me, a better fit in the Jets system, so that's probably who I would have taken if I was the one making the pick in the second round. Yeah, listen, I, I've I said many times, Tipman was my top center. I do like the pick. I think of all the guys they took, he's the one most likely to start. Uh, but if you want to say, hypothetically, let's say he wasn't there, uh, maybe, a, maybe a guy like Keanu Benton, who next to Quinnen Williams, I think could have been an absolute monster um, out of Wisconsin. Michael Schmitz was still on the board, so he would have been an option. But I was happy. I was happy with the pick. I like Tipman a lot. Next question from Michael. Who was your favorite pick for the Jets? I would say it's probably a tie between Izzy Abanacanda and Zach Kuntz for different reasons. I think Izzy comes in here and will really help the Jets immediately because even if Brees Hall starts the season week one, I assume he'll be on a pitch count. I didn't really like what we saw from Michael Carter last year, so you're not sure if he's going to bounce back and that's an iffy situation. Bam Knight had a couple of nice games, but other than that, it seems like teams figured him out. So having a bigger back like Izzy, who once he gets into space can really make some things happen, a hard worker and all of that, and especially to get a guy like that in the fifth round, thought was really good value. And Zach Kuntz, just the athletic upside makes him potentially really fun. There's a lot of work that needs to be done with him, but I was surprised that even with the injury, he lasted all the way to the seventh round because, as we said, Glenn, the most athletic tight end since 1987, literally the most athletic tight end to enter the draft since 1987. It's a wild thing. So I think those two are very exciting considering where the Jets got them in the draft and the potential that they have. Yeah, for me, it's got to be Izzy. You know, um, he's a guy that I, I talked about quite a bit during you know, during the the college football season, had uh, had some discussions with him about him on the uh, the, the draft forums on Jet Nation or JetNation.com, and he's a guy that even you know leading up to the pick, I had some friends messaging me, what are they going to do here? What should they do? And I was like, uh, that was my answer. I was like, is he a Banacanda? We saw how the offense stalled last year without Brees Hall. Get another home run hitter back there who's a threat to score every time he touches the ball. Had 21 touchdowns last year, 20 on the ground. Didn't you know? Wasn't asked to catch the ball a lot, but I think when he did, he did some good things. So I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in this offense. So I, I think in terms of bang for their buck, and as you said, as late getting him as late as they did and the impact I think he could possibly have, he's my favorite pick. Next question from Michael. Moving forward, do you think that Jets fans can stop mocking non-premium positions to the Jets in the first round? It doesn't seem like that's what Joe Douglas wants to use his premium capital on. I don't think you could say that necessarily. I think he's more likely to go with a premium position, and he's certainly more likely to go with a beast athlete. We've seen that. But there are exceptions to every rule. If, say, there was a safety that was an out-of-this-world safety that the Jets could have gotten at 15, I think they might have considered him. But there was nobody even remotely like that in this draft. If there was an out-of-this-world linebacker that the Jets loved, I think they might have considered him at number 15, but clearly there was nobody like that in the draft. So you have to leave room for exceptions, but I do think that all things equal, Douglas will err on the side of taking the premium position. 
Yeah, perfectly said. Because, you know, we know he he did trade up to take a guard. He took AVT. Um, you know, of course, he's got the versatility, but they drafted him to play guard. I think when, exactly what you said. When when there is a position, when there is a player who is, you know, a, a monster player, regardless of the position, I think he'll consider taking him. But more times than not, he's going to lean toward the premium guys. And honestly, people can mock whatever they want. Uh, my, my, my concern is Joe Douglas on draft day. As long as he's addressing those premium positions and stocking this roster, then that's, you know, I have no problem with it, but it, you will every now and then exceptions to every rule, right? Even if there's a guy who always like premium players, if you get that guard or that linebacker, you know, who isn't, doesn't fit that, that, that category of premium position, but you look at him and think this guy could be a three, four time all pro, you know, I'm going to draft that guy. Next question comes in for Bill Fon. He asks, if Brees Hall isn't ready for week one or even misses a few weeks of the season, who would be your favorite to be running back number one in September? Would it be Izzy, Carter, or Bam Knight? Maybe a strict committee. I think Michael Carter becomes a third down back with the other two splitting carries on rundowns. I think it would be a committee. And then if one guy starts to stand out more than the others, he'll get the bulk of the carries. If I were to bet on one of those three emerging, it would be Izzy. But I think there's a good chance that in this scenario, those carries would be split up quite a bit. That said, I really hope we don't see that scenario because I want to see Brees Hall on the field week one. Yeah, I know we've seen, I think it was Brian Costello reported the Jets expect Brees Hall back by week one. But, you know, I think that's kind of believe it when we see it. And I think uh, to me, uh, you know, having just said he's my favorite pick, I would expect Izzy to at least, I mean, it would be by committee. I, I think everybody would touch the ball, but I think Izzy Abanacana would get the majority of the reps to try to get him rolling because I think once you do get him rolling, he can be special. Um, but of course, Michael Carter will get some carries and, and you know, we'll, we'll see basically Bam Knight, Michael Carter split the backup carries with Carter likely being the third down guy and Izzy Abanacana getting the majority of the, the uh, reps. Next question comes in from Drew Nestico. He asks, is the Randall Cobb signing the final nail in the coffin for Denzel Mims? Also, is there free agent safety on the market at this point that would be worth getting? Or are the Jets just going to hope for the best from who they already have? First part of this, I don't think Randall Cobb is the final nail in Denzel Mims' coffin, but it definitely is not a good sign for him. If the Jets really liked him and believed in him, then this wouldn't be going on right now. But clearly, the Jets coaching staff, who has never really seemed to like Denzel Mims for a variety of different reasons, some maybe deserved, others maybe not deserved. I'm obviously not at these practices. I'm not in the meetings, so I can't tell you for sure. But it doesn't seem like they've ever really liked Mims, and he hasn't helped himself. He has not done a very good job when he's had his opportunities for the most part. And so, unfortunately, it looks like this is trending towards it just not working out. If I were to bet, I would say there's a better chance than not that Mims isn't on the roster and he winds up going somewhere else and trying to catch on there. It's a shame because, Glenn, I know you and I both thought very highly of him coming out of Baylor, but sometimes it just doesn't translate, and it looks like that might be the case with Denzel Mims, which is really unfortunate considering how much promise he showed when he came in for those games at the end of his rookie season. As far as free agent safety, we talked about John Johnson. Other guys could eventually be released. We have heard, of course, Buda Baker and Kevin Byard. I don't think Baker's a realistic possibility because he cost a lot of money and he would cost premium draft picks. I don't see the Jets doing that. Bayard could be interesting. He's a little bit older, might not cost as much to acquire. So I'd keep my eye on that if Tennessee does make him available. But I think it's much more likely that the Jets are actually going to hope for the best with who they have. And as we said, Tony Adams will certainly be in the mix. And I think Jarek Bernard Converse will certainly get a look. I would think Tony Adams, though, would be the favorite at this moment. 
Yeah, I think that I think the biggest threat to Denzel Mims more so than than Cobb is is just Denzel Mims. He's going to get his opportunities. He's going to get some targets, and if he if he makes the plays, I think he sticks. Listen, he's a talented guy. He's a second round pick, which we all know that's going to sort of give him that little bit of an edge over a guy who wasn't. They didn't use a premium. Uh, asset or premium resource on acquiring. So if Denzel Mims does his job, he has a chance to stick. But if anyone's if anyone's going to be a threat to him, I'd say it's more likely to be these outside guys, the guys like Jason Brownlee, because they would be more likely to fill that role. Whereas Cobb, of course, is going to be that underneath slot guy where you're never going to see Mims play. As far as safety goes, you know, we already mentioned Johnson. I think that I, I think we've seen from Joe Douglas that that's not a position where he's going to pay a great deal of money. And I think that based on the guys they have now and who's available out who we know to be available i think they're just going to stand pat as you said buda baker i think is going to command i mean he is going to command huge money and i don't think joe douglas is going to be willing to pay that so i think they're going to roll with what they have and yeah sure if if a surprise veteran shakes loose or becomes available that you weren't expecting they'll absolutely explore it but at this point i think they stick with what they have Next question comes from Dan Doyle. He asks, what's your favorite form of Reese's product? <laughs> so I haven't really eaten a lot of Reese's recently, but you can never go wrong with a peanut butter cup. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's a no-brainer. It's, it's it, head and shoulders above all the other Reese's products. Next question comes in for Freddie Boots. He asks, how concerned should Jets fans be about the team being able to cover tight ends, especially the Bills with Kincaid and Knox or New England with Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Yeah, it's been a problem for the Jets for a while, to be honest. And it's not like they added some big-time tight end coverage guy in free agency. So you hope that Robert Sell and Jeff Ulbrich come up with something. They did add some athletic pieces. Zaire Barnes in the fifth round, a very athletic linebacker. We talked about Jarek Bernard Converse. Maybe they get a little creative with Chuck Clark. There's a variety of different ways they could go, but it's definitely something to be concerned about because, as you said, two of the teams in the division upgraded their tight ends, and the Jets have had some issues covering those guys over the last few years. Yeah, I think it. I think it is a big concern. I think when you talk about, you know, I've said before, I think the the middle of the defense is what scares me most about this team right now. C.J. Mosley's gonna gonna be a year older. Is he gonna lose another half step? Is he gonna be able to cover in the middle? And the safeties, of course, we've discussed them already, and you know, quite a bit today, realizing that they have their shortcomings. And at linebacker, you know, we all had hopes that Hamza Nasruddin, being a converted safety who would play outside, that he'd be able to handle some of those assignments. But he's another guy that I think is hanging on by a thread. I mean, this guy, he was handed the starting job as a rookie. He played a game and a half, and we he's probably played a dozen snaps in the two years since then. So I think they really do need to get somebody who can who can do the job out there. Now, there are some guys who, you know, that some of the, the undrafted free agents they brought on who – whether you know whether they're DBs or or you know linebackers, there's one guy actually that we hadn't talked about um, up to this point. Scott, give me one second here. I'm pulling up his. Uh, I'm pull, trying to find his his details here. I just basically uh, Marquise Muddy Waters. Uh, he's a guy I saw his name a couple days ago. I basically I did an article for Jet Nation going over the UDFAs and missed a couple, which often happens because it's never confirmed by the team. It's always just names floating around and rumors. But uh, I looked up Marquise Waters and this guy. I think he's the most interesting player of all the undrafted free agents, to be honest. Um, I watched a couple of his games last night, watched another one this morning. Um, so this is a guy who played all over the place uh, for Texas Tech. He played, he played outside, he played, and I don't mean, I don't mean he played like a few reps. He played like several hundred reps at outside linebacker, several hundred reps at inside linebacker, a couple hundred reps at nickel. And then he had like sort of 25 reps at boundary corner. But this is a guy who's super athletic. I 
believe he ran a low four four or just under four, just in the four four range. I forget. I looked it up this morning. I don't have it written down in front of me. But basically, great speed. Played outside linebacker. Played inside linebacker. Played nickel and went undrafted. And the Jets picked him up. And I don't know. He's the type of guy I look at and think if he's got this much versatility, is he a guy that you can look at to try to move him around and have him cover tight ends? But at this point in time. Do the Jets have a proven commodity to cover to cover the middle of the field? No, they do not. And is that a concern to me? Yes, it is. Glenn Naughton, our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com. Thanks so much for coming on and answering these mailbag questions with me. Make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing over at JetNation.com and follow him on Twitter. Check out everything we've got going on at PlayLikeJet.com and the PlayLikeJet YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. as doesn't cost you any money goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com